This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, host Brandon, my host Nick, and Dan, and gentlemen, we got the Manchester United match review, midweek madness, as predicted. Uh, you guys had to turn on a pretty quick uh, preview episode, Dan, obviously with Sam. Uh, after the weekend, the the chaos is starting not only for us, but uh, apparently for the club on the pitch as well. Well, there were not a lot of correct predictions in that episode, so I guess we're just going to go back to the drawing board for the end of this week when we talk about the Everton match, which, I mean, I guess I'm of two minds, Nick. There's the time where it's like a match after a result like this is kind of potentially the palate cleanser you need. Or it's just further doom and dread because you feel like there's not a way to avert the course we're already on. Like we're already falling off the cliff. <laughs> you can't unfall. Yeah, when I when I talked to Naz a couple of weeks ago before Thanksgiving, he made the point that typically you can write the Chelsea uh, don't play well against Everton article before we go up to Goodison. So, um, you know, there we are again in one of these dumb situations where uh, results have not gone well and we uh, encounter another trip to a stadium where we historically don't play well. So, cool. One thing at a time. Uh, we'll be definitely breaking down the United uh, and then we can look ahead. But, gentlemen, one match at a time. You know how we do it. Uh, it'll be a little bit different, I think, after the 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 match that we displayed today, instead of going through all the, the details and the nitty gritty, I think we can kind of take a step back um, and talk about a little bit more of what's going on at the club, uh, especially, you know, at a high level trends, right? So with that being said, we will still start with the three word match review as we always do. So Dan, the people have spoken. What in the world do we have? Spanish Joe getting us started with McTominated by Man U. They merged the words together so that they could fit that one in. I'll allow it. On a day where there's not a lot of joy, I'm going to allow a couple things. McLeasy with 21 from safety. Talking about how many more points Chelsea might need to be completely safe this season in the Premier League. TK Lott with injuries, exhaustion, mediocrity. You had Mr. Thurman with mid in mid-table. We're putting the mid in mid-table. Emma with We Were Embarrassing, Connor with We Brought the JVs, uh, for maybe those who don't know, the junior varsities, the <laughs> not the varsity squad uh, in high school sports. You, know, you want to bring your proper team to, to go compete. Christopher with the crap, mega crap. It's the J.K. Simmons version of J. Jonah Jameson from the Tommy McGuire and Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. Very, very good. And then Zarly88 with a little return here to the script with what's the point? We'll try to get to that during this episode because it's a question that doesn't feel like there's a lot of answers right now. Well, look, we obviously, you know, have to have to work on that. Uh, but Zarly and crew, thank you so much for providing a little bit of firepower. Uh, Nick. Can you follow up that act? Season at Crossroads. And? Are you going left? Going right? Maybe just going to stay there. We'll see. <laughs> we will sure see. It's going to be very interesting. All right. All right. Uh, I went with a different project. Something we've been hearing a little bit about lately. So I think we're just going to go ahead and have to talk about that uh, and try to break that down. But Dan, what about you? 
So in the era of streaming, this may not ring as true, but you know, there were times when television was only delivered at set hours and you couldn't just get it all on demand. I'm going to say not appointment programming. This Chelsea side is just a little too inconsistent to be trying to navigate a corporate workday and figuring out how to get out to a pub or to watch it with some colleagues and make that a part of the day. It is more of a, how do I get it done? Or is it worth maybe the time in that exact moment? Because you don't know what else is going to show up. And I think that that is a question people are asking, or at least what I'm observing people are asking. Well, fair enough. Uh, I absolutely struggled uh, with that balance that you said, but we won't get into it because I'd hate to incriminate myself. So instead, um, I mean, Nick, we just want to give a shout out to everybody, a little bit of a thanks, and obviously always an ask if you are our friend, here's how you can help. Yeah, of course, five-star reviews, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We say it every week. We need more. So if you're tired of listening to us harp about it, go put one in there. We may read a couple out here in a, in a bit. Um, of course, if you are on YouTube, if you're a YouTuber, uh, Brandon and Jake are putting a ton of effort to getting those videos up on YouTube. Um, you know, We've grown quite a bit there. We really want to hit 30K, so go on over and, and help it out. Uh, of course, if you do want to provide us with a couple of extra dollars a month, that is what Discord is for. You can uh, head on over and do that. And then, of course, our newsletter is available. Sam wrote a wonderful newsletter that was disproven a mere hours later <laughs> by the performance that we saw on the field, uh, which was unfortunate. But uh, but Sam does an excellent job. It's not his fault uh, that the team did not show up today. A lot, a lot going on there. Um, but we should just jump into the match, right? It was Manchester United this past Wednesday, the 6th of December, in the Premier League at Old Trafford, which is falling apart. Uh, in case you missed it, somehow, Manchester United 2, Chelsea 1. The goals coming the 19th minute from who else? And Scott frickin' McTominay, right? 45th minute, Cole Palmer, cool as a cucumber, levels it up, and then... Scott McTominay with the winner. I can't believe you didn't put in Bruno Fernandez missing a penalty, Dan. Look, I, it's not fun to point fingers at people failing to do things when you failed to win. So we're wrong. moving on. Absolutely <laughs> wrong. Would love to challenge that on another day when we have time. But go ahead and run us through the lineup just to set the stage so we can get into it. Well, Robert, Robert. Robert Sanchez was between the sticks. It was Mark Kukure at right back, Axel Dissassi, Tiago Silva, and Levi Colwell captaining the side as your back four. Moises Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, and Cole Palmer as a bit of a midfield combination with Raheem Sterling and Mikhailo Mudrik back behind Nico Jackson, who was running it up top or trying to. Reese James did come in right at halftime, and then Armando Broya came in the 77th minute. Everybody else, unused subs, Washington, Matos, Leo Kassadine went in along with Benoit Bede-Shield, Ian Matson, Alfie Gilchrist, and Petrovic, all unused. All right. We're going to skip the stats. There's a lot to get into, but you know what? It's just a little bit too much. You know, it, and I mean, look, NVET shithouse mode of the match. I mean, are we just blitzing through, Nick? No, I, look, I... I think it is fair to say, you know, to kind of start this one off, that this was a 
terrible performance. It's probably the worst performance of the year. I know we lost at Newcastle by more. I know that we played, you know, pretty terrible football against Nottingham Forest, but this was the worst performance of the year for me. Uh, the mood on Twitter, you know, we were talking about this before we started. People that I really like and appreciate their perspectives, people that I don't like and don't appreciate their perspectives, seemingly everyone on the same page after this one, that this is a, it's an alarm bell uh, for the season. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for this podcast, we have had alarm bell podcasts over the last two or three years where it's like, oh, the sun doesn't, sun doesn't smell right. You know, like this is a difficult moment. And so I think we're going to treat this podcast a little bit differently. Um, we're going to try and talk through uh, some of the bigger picture items and, and of course, talk through the horrific performance that we all witnessed today. And, um, you know, I think that's just the mood of everybody right now, uh, whether you know, you're a person that I, I genuinely appreciate or, or not. It seems like everyone is uh, pretty pissed off about what they saw. Yeah. Well, look, uh, that that's a very fair point. You know, a lot of the, the normalcy is out of it, right? Especially midweek. That probably adds a little bit to it and uh, how we shake it up. But we're, we are going to take the first ad break when we get back. We're going to go into the reaction to the performance and then we're going to kind of take that macro lens. So thank you to the sponsors and we'll be right back. What is going on, Chelsea fans? Exciting announcement. Uh, we have joined up with Team Manscaped again for this holiday season. That's right. We are back with Manscaped. I know how much you love their ads before, so we are going to partner up with them again this holiday season. If you're looking for a gift to upgrade your daily care routine, right? check out the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. We got the, the new one here. So as you are used to uh, with these trimmers, it is skin safe technology. We got the dual head system, waterproof. You can use it in the shower, uh, USB-C quick charge option, dual temp LED spotlight, and it's got a travel lock. So the kit that we are recommending you get is the 5.0 Ultra comes with the razor itself comes with two of the combs and then it also comes with the foil blade you've got all options here that comes with it now check this thing out it is built great nice and sturdy good weight to it you can hear you got some good rpms in there check out the light for those of you on youtube that's right you got two different uh brightnesses on there that you have uh the other reason we love manscaped is it uh they are part of the Testicular Cancer Society, right? They save balls. They're all about helping men uh, with their daily grooming routines as well as what they're going through life. So we appreciate them and everything they do. Check it out. Again, Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Link in the description. Check it out. Link in the description. Let them know that you came to them through London is Blue so that they can continue a partnership with us. Check them out. All right. So we're obviously not going to sugarcoat this one. Uh, as Nick so eloquently put just a second ago. Um, the first half, we can start there, right? Uh, on the road, midweek, played down a man against Brighton for 55-plus minutes or whatever just days ago. Um, Dan, you you want to lean into the fact that we got outshot 18-5 to in the first half. Um, yeah. Potch, his quote was, they started brighter than us, talked about lacking or we're unable to match the energy. Um, when you put stats like that, obviously that's it's very, very lopsided. Yeah, I would not echo Pochettino's comments about the team having given their all in this match. I think that was a little oversold and 
tonally the incorrect way to present what happened. I do think he was right in assessing that Man United were better on the day and came to play, came to play hard. I think there was some super inconsistent officiating. I mean, if Luke Shaw is kicking the ball away and the first one's a yellow, the second one should be a yellow. And there's plenty of tiny things to complain about. But this has been the season of Chelsea being up to perform in a game and go out and manufacture results and get something done like they did against Brighton. And then to walk in the next match a little bit expecting that they can perform where they're at and eke out a result. And that is not the reality of this team. We don't have one individual that is a match winner like the Eden Hazard era. There's not a combination of players. So if one goes silent or goes missing, maybe like Raheem Sterling and his form in this match today, Nick, that there's not someone who can step up and will this over the line. And I think because of that, this Chelsea team is not going to find for a little bit more of a time, I think the consistency that we as supporters have known, known recently in the past two decades and maybe not, maybe not be able to kind of make us as happy as a football club, as a football product um, in the, the short term at minimum. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at the stats, I mean, that tells you one thing, but just using your eyeballs, um, I, I was blown away by how unserious we were in this game. Uh, everybody at top to bottom potch all the way down to the last sub, terrible i i rated it as zero out of ten performance it was completely unserious uh clearly the legs weren't there to compete against the united team that were desperate to win um you know there there was a you know there would have been a time back in the glory days where losing 2-1 at old trafford wasn't that big of a deal you know the, the, these two teams used to compete at such a high level that you know surely we'd win at the bridge and they'd win at old trafford and you know, splitting points during a season, you know, against the Sir Alex Ferguson team was difficult enough, um, let alone trying to beat them twice. This is the worst United team we've seen in a long time. They're very bad. Um, they're they're not impressive. They don't play good football. They just bullied us all day. I mean, the team was completely unserious and you get outshot 18 to five, you turn the ball over that much in midfield, or you're not even able to pass it to each other at all from, from goal. Uh, you're going to get beat. And and frankly, it should have been worse. Brandon, this should have been four or five in the first half for them. And we're lucky that they're as bad as they are because they had some guilt edge chances, including a penalty. Of course that, you know, you, you tip Fernandez to make most of the time. Uh, it was, unserious and for a team that desperately needs uh, wins in 10th place in the Premier League that is unacceptable yeah you, you talk about the first half like credit for the team to stay in it um to your point could have been way out of sorts and so like there's always a level of all right stealing a bit of a result here on the road great um not our best lineup but my word I would take our lineup over theirs in a, in a heartbeat um, you know, you go position for position. There's maybe one or two players you, you bring in, 
Um, but not with this group. I mean, they've got Amrabat playing as a holding mid, right? You've got Diego Dallo and Victor Lindelof and Harry Maguire in the back line. Like, th this was not the cream of the crop that, uh, to your point, you're looking for. And I think, who was the man of the match? Yeah, 7.8 was McTominay, but Sanchez was an 8.1 on sofa score. So it's like you had one player rated an 8. Like, this was just a bad game. Like, this wasn't the Premier League's battle of the bigs that they're putting on on cable so everyone sees. Like, they, they were smart to hide this on Peacock, and they probably thought they were doing it to drive subscriptions. They were not. That was not going to do it, no. <laughs> not yeah, there, there's a There's so, a refund request if that's the reason somebody signed up today. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a tough look, but to your point, Chelsea did enough to stay in it. Cole Palmer getting the goal right for halftime, breathe life into this team. So even if you get slaughtered for 44 minutes, you get the goal, you go into halftime. This is where you want to see the tides change, Dan, right? This is where you want to see some proactive changes, at least the mentality coming out at halftime with the upper hand, because it only lasts for so long. And unfortunately, I mean, we got a Reese James sub at halftime, right? Uh, that didn't seem to necessarily be a positive spark. He looked not sharp. Well, I don't even think it's just that he didn't look sharp. I think the right-hand side was really getting roughed up. I mean, Sterling was not necessarily tracking back as quickly to try to get involved to get stuck in. I think the absence of Connor Gallagher, who has only himself to blame for not being in this match because he's the one who picked up the second yellow card in the last match. Boy, oh boy. Yes. It would have been great to have him this match. Uh, that was not an injury issue. That was a him issue. And I think that made it really difficult for Kaiseido, who I thought under the circumstances, did not have a terrible game, but also could have been, you know, like many of the players in the day, a little bit better. I just think, and this maybe will get us in the later part of the pod, the question is, you, you do have some players on the bench. You don't have maybe the exact player or profile that you want. I mean, we're getting ready to bring in Ian Motson, which I kind of thought that was the sub that we were going to make to try to add a little bit of something into the side. We've seen Matson score goals in preseason and think that maybe he could do something. And then we can see the goal. And then he gets told to sit back down and it's okay. Well, let's get somebody else warmed up here. And Armando Broya doesn't come on for another eight minutes and then has 13 minutes plus stoppage time to try to make the difference. Like, and we're not, we're not shooting. We're not shooting enough. We're not shooting on target. We're not converting big chances. Like it's all not good. Nick, all of that is not good in the second half. I thought the first 25 minutes were kind of the worst part. Like maybe one of the first 20, the first time minutes might've been the worst parts of the season. The back half of this match was worse than the beginning part of this match. Yeah, completely. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was, you expect like, Oh man, we had some pretty good fortune. Like we're back into this one, one, like we should have buried them. Like we, we are a better team than they are. And they completely and utterly overwhelmed us. There was no tactical plan in this match at all. The personnel that was selected was absolutely wrong from the start. And in the second half, the energy, whatever limited energy we had in the first half was completely and utterly gone. 
And I don't know, Brandon, how you felt about it, but you know, I, I, I don't know how many more times this team has the second half comeback in them. We've exercised that muscle a lot this year so far. And I, it just looked like they were completely out of ideas and pretty toothless at the end of it. I know we had one, you know, Broya chance against the the bar at the end, but other than that, it was completely pathetic from a passing perspective. You know, players were overrunning passes; they were not syncing up on things. Even Cole Palmer, who was easily, you know, the best player that we had on the day, was was probably a five out of ten uh, in in the passing department. It's just horrific look that that's a lot of it right potch it what do you guys feel like when potch kind of stacks the deck beforehand and was like hey we're gonna have a lot of young players it's not an excuse but you know like the bench is thin essentially i feel like it doesn't really give confidence in those players um he tried to make up for it i think right before the match i think he was kind of made aware of of how it came across in that sense but it doesn't do the team, I think, really any justice there. But just the two subs, which Reese James seemed pre-planned, according to the post-match. Again, Ian Motson could have offered something different, right? Because whatever we had wasn't it. Mudrick came out. Jackson stayed on. Like, Raheem had one of his worst days out. It just, I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't willing to make more changes unless he was afraid it would only get worse. And at that point, you could be throwing Benoit on for defensive cover. But we didn't do that either. We just, I don't know, kind of felt like we just accepted it. We just yeah. sat in a pile of shit. Yeah, that, that's exactly, <laughs> right? I mean, that's exactly what happened. Like, if you were serious about winning this game, uh, well, first of all, you would have picked a different starting lineup than what you picked, and even limited resources and all. Second of all, you would have put Armando Broya on at halftime. <laughs> it was clearly not going to work. Nico was not on it today. He had plenty of at least two or three good chances that I remember. I'm sure you know people will say, oh, he had more, but it, he should have converted, uh, didn't, couldn't. Uh, passing with him and Sterling was terrible. There, there was, you know, and, and you make the point about Matson. He was supposed to come on. He was like getting ready to come on, and then they, the minute that they scored their second goal, apparently we pulled him back, as if the offense that we had thrown out there to that point was just killing it. I mean, it, it was when, when I say it's unserious. That's one of like the worst criticisms I can give. Uh, you know, I'm not going to come and like call people out or say that they're whatever they didn't try at all but like it, it didn't look like there was a, a ton of effort out there or if there was they were just physically not able to compete in the premier league which is even scarier but it was unserious the whole approach to the game was unserious and the thing that pissed me off about this is this is a golden opportunity to get three points against a team that's above you in the table like that it means the difference between going what two points behind them if you beat them and, and going on a run. And and this team, if they want to go anywhere this year, has to go on a run where they pick up two, three, four victories in a row, start climbing the table a little bit, getting out of 10th. And it just feels like that's not going to happen. It, it, it is not, 
right? And this is what we kind of talked about. Okay, Newcastle down, Brighton up. Now we're back to Manchester United down. Like, what are we going to do at the weekend? Can we really trust ourselves to to go do something positive in that sense? And that's where we're unfortunately uh, left a little bit holding the bag and trying to understand where where it's going to go next. Uh, again, Everton away is not... It's becoming less and less easy, which is frustrating. We're on 19 points. We should easily be over the 20 mark at this point, level with Brentford, and they don't even have their star striker, Ivan Tony. Uh, Dan, last thing here is comparison. Chelsea, after 15 matches, last season, the 2022-2023, we had won seven, drawn three, lost five. And I believe Potter would be still be in charge at this point this year. The 2023-2024 season, win five, draw four, lost six, 19 points. Five points fewer than what we would consider one of the worst seasons for Chelsea in, re- in modern history. And the first part of that season was benefited by some Tuchel results that carried the entirety of the season, too. So, yeah, I mean, you can't build it any other way than a regression. It is a regression year over year at this point. And we're 40% of the way through the season. 39.5 if you want to be specific about it. Like, there is not a lot of room. There's 60% of the season left. But if your form doesn't change, there's not a lot of room to end the season better than maybe where we're at right now. And I think that is the more concerning part. Is like the concrete at a certain point, Nick, starts to set. And it's harder. it gets harder and harder to make a change or write something in and you're just going to get stuck where you are because you have less runway. The teams above you are continuing to put points on the board. The teams behind you are continuing to press up and you don't have the ability or the time to get up the table and meet the meet where you want to be. The club has indicated they want to be back in Europe. The supporters want Chelsea to be back in Europe. The players want to be playing European football again. We all have the same end goal. It's just, it feels like every match, it is further and further away. We're eight points off sixth. Eight points. That's a shit ton of points, guys. I mean, it's a shit ton of points when you can't string results together. It's a shit ton of points when you're giving up goals at a rate that is completely unacceptable. Uh, for where we should be in the table, 24 goals given up this season. Uh, just for reference, the top six have given up 14, 14, 20, 17, 20, 18. Um, uh, like Manchester United are bad, and they are eight points better than we are right now on the table because they are able to eke out results. And we are not. And, you know, like... Your, your point about the concrete setting, man, I, I feel it. I can't imagine the club don't feel it. Um, the supporters in the stadium online, everywhere that I saw today were feeling it. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, what more there is to say. I mean, I think my, my, my snap reaction after this game was anger <laughs> at having to watch that. And fear for what it means. When I when I say the season's at a crossroads in my three-word match review, I think it could kind of go either way. 
I think I think the worst possible result is still out there for us. We go on a bad slide. Potch isn't deemed to be the guy. We're doing manager roulette again. We maybe end up in a relegation battle. And I see this team possibly turning it around, getting Nkunku back, you know, getting healthier than we are right now, which is abysmal again because we can't keep players healthy for reasons that pass understanding. And the team starts to figure it out and trust each other and goes on a tear of results. I, I genuinely don't know which way this is going to go, Brandon. I don't know if you have any predictions, but my my head is is leaning more towards the former. Well, we, we've definitely got some to, to lean into, I think. Um, and we want to get to that where we really kind of talk. I, what, the, what the call to action was, was, A, how concerned are you? And what are your top three concerns? The engagement was off the charts from this one. So we're going to get into all that. Maybe we can kind of take that macro step. We're going to take a last ad break when we get back. Again, Dan, you got to get this graphic on social. I can't believe that you put <laughs> Smokey the bear here with your fire danger, <laughs> but it worked well. So thank you to the sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, as we mentioned, um, Dan, you got the Smokey the bear, right, the fire danger. It's like when you go hiking, hey, what is what is the – level of danger for fires low moderate high very high extreme he's sitting there with the shovel because you know you just throw some dirt on the fire that'll that'll put it out are we preventing wildfires are we promoting wildfires with only you can present forest fires you got to do that only you can prevent your team getting relegated look they it's the national fire danger rating system brandon busby it does have an official name so we should get that correct but jeez Look, I just thought this was the best way to kind of put it, because if I'm like an Aston Villa supporter, I'm on the low side. I've got zero concern. Life is wonderful. We just beat Manchester City today. It was fantastic. And then there's the extreme, which is more like the bottom of the table case for like a Sheffield United or a Burnley. And then there's the moderate high and very high that sit in between all of those. And yeah, I thought it was just a thought exercise of figuring out where we exist on that spectrum at the moment. And Nick, I'm, I think I'm very high. I think I, I'm in the orange trending, like, you know, above the yellow. I trended from the yellow into the orange after this match, because I think that there, um, we've had enough time to figure out a way to get a result with the caliber of players we have on a more consistent basis. And I think that, you know, Given everything else, I think that is the football has not improved you know, enough with the we're going to go out and win games to to make me feel better. But like, what are you concerned about that? Like, it's going to go backwards. We're not going to make Europe like, oh, what, I, I what is the concern? Mike, my, my concern that puts me very high. Uh, I, I don't think we are going to make Europe at this point. I don't, I don't realistically have a path forward for us. And I was looking at games left to play from all the teams above us. You know, some have easier schedules remaining. Some have, uh, you know, better run rates in terms of average goals per match at the moment or the points that they're picking up per match. And that has me concerned because again, we have less runway. We have less runway than we did five games ago to get this right. 
in a match like this against Manchester United, a match, a winnable match against Arsenal that we gave away, uh, a match against Newcastle and dreadfully like we have had some good performances against really big sides. Like the Tottenham match was great. The City match, even though we didn't win, was still great to punch at that level and to compete and be competitive. But we are running out of time to get back to where we want to be. And that's going to be another season out of Europe that's going to be a hit to our recruitment. It's going to be a hit to our finances. It's going to be a hit to players potentially wanting to, you know, do they want to go? Do they want to stay? You know, I, I think it has a lot of cascading impact to not get into Europe. And I mean, I, yes, a cup victory would be great, but it, it's hard to see this team winning that at this point now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm high. Um, I, I know, you know, when I say I'm at a crossroad, I'm dead in the middle on the crossroads thing. I'm, I'm at the yellow bar, but I understand why you're at the orange. I mean, I think when you, when you look at the math and you look at, you know, the teams that we have beaten largely, you know, below us in the table, everyone above us is going to beat those teams too. <laughs> you know, like you, you realistically look at, you know, the way that United are playing, the way that Villa are playing, Spurs are playing, like everyone's going to beat Luton. Everyone's going to beat Sheffield. You know, like th these are the, those are givens in this in this very odd Premier League season where you have three distinguishably terrible teams. So beating those teams does us, you know, of course it does us good from a points perspective, but it doesn't do us good when we look at climbing up. And I'm, I think the thing I'm most worried about right now, and the reason that I'm dead in the middle, Brandon, is it's it's inexperience. It, this team is completely brand new. They don't know how to play with each other yet. They don't know how to trust each other yet. And that inexperience was on full display against Manchester United, who are an older, savvier, more physical team than we are. And experience means that sometimes you can eke out results that you shouldn't have eked out. Experience means that you know how to adapt to situations that are maybe not the most favorable. Um, and experience means that you might be able to go on a run where you don't lose for seven matches, right? You might not win them all, but you, you might throw a couple of draws in there that you wouldn't have had otherwise. All those points count towards top six, count towards top four. The only reason that I am not in the orange is because we have your prediction for leading goal scorer, hopefully on the verge of coming back. And I don't want to completely shut this season down without having seen him get a run in the team. Uh, and that's in Kunku for those who are playing along at home. Um, but I am, I'm as yet I, as close to orange as you can be in the yellow category. Yeah. I think, um, to put my spin on it, right. Um, it's kind of like the, what, cause I think like if you scroll social media, there's a lot of would, naming. Would of, not recommend. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of naming of names, right? Like people don't want Sanchez. Weird day to say that. They don't want Connor. They don't want Jackson. They don't want Mudrick. They don't want Tiago. I mean, it's just to the point where it's just general lack of interest. And so 
the what I look at it with the team is like what I'm concerned is I'm concerned about our lack of cohesiveness and any any sense of stability at this club. So I'd say like I am very concerned about the instability that is at Chelsea recently. I think it all kind of trickles down from there in different ways. And, you know, 48 hours ago, you know, Chelsea fans were having a nice little chuckle. Hey, rock up to Old Trafford, Wax United, Ten Hag might not make it. Now all of a sudden we got to turn on and look at ourselves and be like, okay, what are we doing? We need to stop getting excited after one victory. We need three victories or an unbeaten run of three. But there is constant lack of stability at this club right now that is preventing any sense of, of an ability to, to level up. And so that's where we get into these top three concerns. So Dan, obviously, being the smart person you are, you outsource this work because why do it ourselves when we can have our lovely no, listeners no, no. get it? It's all AI, Betty. It's all AI. AI what came is this, up Sports with Illustrated? <laughs> oh, Tough. Chat GPT. Uh, so playing the role of a sports reporter, what would your top three concerns be for Chelsea Football Club this season? You had to use four, not 3.5. It's uh, it's worth the paid upgrade. Look, the ones that people suggested across Discord and X, I tried to pick out the buckets when we asked this, and it went from the ownership. Do they have a plan? Football operations, which I think meant when Stanley and Stewart, are they competent enough? The manager, will he get it done? The players, and to your point, Brandon, specific players not being good enough and just generally the squad profile of signings, banking too much on potential versus proven ability was a big one, big theme. The culture at the club seemingly being non-existent. And again, I would couch this as the men's team because the women's team is also just on a tear and continues to be on a tear. Like this is just just the men's side seems to have the issue. Um, the health and fitness of the players you know, the injury issues persisting, not being up and ready for 60 minutes, uh, the character going missing on the pitch. I mean, these were just some of them. And then I did enjoy a friend of the pod, David Pastors. Uh, he took it a different way. He just went with number one, the next game. Number two, the game after that. And number three, the growing sense of cosmic dread. Some, 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 you know, I would say obvious things, Nick. Maybe some less obvious things, at least from my perspective, which is why it also keeps it interesting and why we love to hear, you know, what our our community is up to and what their thoughts are. What about you? Is there one out of that that stands out that you're like, I didn't think about that. They might be onto something. Yeah, I mean, I, w I was looking through these, and, and thanks to everyone who who commented on that. I know we had a ton of responses, and and. You know, sometimes after a bad result, those are a tonic to, to kind of ail, uh, uh, yeah, ail our, our wounds. So, I, I mean, I think anything related with front office ownership at this point in the season is kind of a tough shout. Their job was done on September 1st, right? Or, or they're planning for, for a January window, like, this is all about the people who are working in the team right now who are who are putting out a product on the field. Uh, Paul Wynn Stanley and Lawrence Stewart aren't down there training the boys every day. So, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I think there's some bigger picture stuff that was a part of this thing that I will kind of exclude because I'm kind of looking at, like, how do you get right now um, first? And so that that's kind of where I'm at. But 
my three are consistency and results and approach and effort, right? Th- those are, those are three things, injuries and mentality. I, I think the team legitimately walked into Old Trafford today expecting to win. I think they legitimately walked into New- Newcastle a couple weeks ago and expected to win and got absolutely fucking waxed. I genuinely don't know if they were ready to play at Old Trafford. And for a manager like Mauricio Pochettino, Mauricio Pochettino for as uh, savvy as he is and as experienced as he is in the Premier League, and as shorthanded as we were today, to have such a casual approach to the game, I I worry about that. I really do. I mean, that, that does not show me a ton of, of experience and, and savvy. So I, I, those three things are the things that will carry us into the points and into the top six, eight, or those things will make us really sweat it out toward the end of the season. I wonder... And I always try to like figure out like how much is in your control, right? Within these things, because some of it is just dumb luck, statistical probabilities of things happening and not happening. Um, but but Dan, I think you're taking a little bit different approach to it. I think yours is almost like more of a 30, 60, 90 day <laughs> FY24 plan based on on how you have this laid out here. Never been a business manager before. No, it's it cannot be me. Is Look, this a I can jam graph? Can we do that or whatever it's called? You can mean like ban? A on board? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Uh, look, no filing jurors to get my uh, my feedback on this one. I think the first one is fitness. Like, we came into the season so excited about the fact that Chelsea were going to play fewer games this season because we had a young squad, because we needed to gel, because we wanted Poch to have the time with them. And even though we've had less games in some of our competition who've been playing in Europe, who have also had, you know, potentially cup games as well. Like we are just not a fit side. It was shown out in this game. It's born, born out in other games. There are players who look great for a couple of stretches and then they fall off like to the consistent point Nick had. I mean, that's, that's a fitness thing. It's a byproduct of not training appropriately, not putting ourselves in a position to be correct. And I mean, that this is a, a multi-million pound to hundreds of millions of pounds problem for Chelsea. I'm not saying that we were the only team that has to go figure out fitness for players in the modern era, but having Christopher Nkunku out, having Malo Gusto out, having some of these players out with tissue, you know, like uh, uh, soft tissue issues, like every point we miss at the end of the season is relative to the amount of points of um, dollars and pounds that Chelsea get paid out from the average, you know, the, the monetary value that the Premier League gets from broadcasting rights, getting into Europe and achieving at a higher level, like fitness has to be solved. Like if you don't get the fitness thing figured out, we're never going to have a better game on the pitch. And I think that ties into this whole idea that like the football operations as a whole still feel off. Like the, you know, we had like a very self-congratulatory tone almost in a article for Chelsea FC with like the first interview with uh, when Stanley and Stewart. And, you know, I think there was a, you know, maybe a moment to feel good about like what we had done, the work we had done and, and winning on signing some of the players that we were after. But we have a side now where when you look at the average age, right, you know, we're 25.7 
uh, is our average squat age, which is really pushed up by Diago Silva being involved in that at 39, anchors it pretty high up there. And our opponent total is 26-7. So almost a year and a half difference. And in the Premier League, league of experience, like we, we know that that can be extremely valuable. And I think that we maybe were a little naive thinking that we could get away with losing, you know, players that not were not everybody's favorite, right? Like not everybody loved Antonio Rudiger, but that was like that had a knock on effect to having to go out and get a setter back to replace them, to get players and like we just we need to get that right. And I think Ollie Glanville, friend of the pod, pointed out like not having a true sporting director sitting over all of this is is going to continue to be a problem until we get something figured out there. And that ties into the culture at the club, which is like the the fight and the mentality, like it does not get sustained. Like we show up <laughs> every other match or every other night and we can kind of like really put one together. And then a result like this at a grand like Old Trafford against a team like United, even if United are in a terrible run of it, like yeah, we're Chelsea. Like, I mean, I don't know how else, else to say it, Brandon. Like, we have a, a expectation. There should be a pride. And we see it in the moments when, like, a player scores and points to the badge and we're all excited. But then they walk out and we see that. And it's not great. I think, for me, the lack of consistency is what I said earlier, right? And so... To me, I'm so frustrated at the injuries. Again, like Mataweke, he was on the bench and then injured. We've said this about Enzo. We've said this. How many times do people get injured in training at Cobham? Like, unacceptable. Um, Reese James constantly unfit. Why? Right? It's, it's, did, I mean, Chuck Omeka, I think, restarted his rehab program. Lavia restarted his rehabilitation program. This is not helpful in any way, any way, shape, or form. The injuries, and this goes into fitness, right, is like, it's it's shocking. Um, the self-inflicted wounds and the constant setbacks. Like, we've spent too much money on players. And by we, I mean not we, the club, to, to have these assets, these players on the sideline. It's just unacceptable. Um, you know, the other thing that I had was discipline that I don't think a lot of us has really talked about. I Look, I, I quote tweeted the Poch line about Naz tweeted out that Poch was like, yeah, it's not discipline, it's the rules have changed. My man, stop. My man, stop, man. Have the rules changed? Yes, but they've changed for everybody, and we're by far and away ahead. And I know people are like, look, the referees are handing out cards at a fast rate this season. I get that. The point is we are leading the table in cautions. And it's stupid cautions. It's not, hey, you gotta go whack somebody to put, you know, to prove a point or to to get a physical edge or a mental battle on someone. It's descent, it's Jackson, it's kicking the ball away. It's stupid yellow cards that rule changes don't matter because they go over it in preseason. Other people have adapted to it. And I think we're getting in situations, our defenders are picking up a lot of stupid cautions as well, or even our wingers tracking back where we ended up making dumb tactical fouls, quote unquote tactical, and picking up cautions again. 
You just think of Reese James, Connor Gallagher, obviously in the last two weeks as well. There's four right there that uh, didn't need to happen. And so I think that, um, again, this lack of discipline is is really hurting the team. And I think this is where you always talk about squad composition and like, hey, you need some old heads to guide the young heads. And, you know, there's not a lot of quote-unquote old heads in this team uh, across it at all because they're going for the the money ball play, right? Buy a bunch of players on potential, a few of them break through, and you sell the rest. But right now we're going through so much learning that it is painful. Cole Palmer seems to have figured it out. Young players can do it. So um, there's really no excuse there. So I think discipline was a big one, but, uh, I got a lot of heat for that on social media and I don't think I'm wrong. I think Potch could own that a little bit more as the manager. And, and, and let me tack onto that. Like discipline is not just, can we get less cards? Discipline is understanding the game plan and the rules so that you don't put yourself in a position. Oh, to set get piece cards. discipline. That would be my third yeah. one. Set piece yeah. has been abysmal. Discipline means a lot of different things. It means, that this team abides by a code that they understand the rules that they are physical without necessarily getting fouls and cautions against them. It, it means a ton of different stuff. And, you know, especially for a young team, I couldn't think of a, you know, I, I love, I love you know, the last one that you put in there. I couldn't think of a more important thing than discipline. I mean, good Lord. It, it means eating right. It means, you know, that you're training well every day. It means that you're doing a bunch of this stuff, that you're understanding the game plan. And for Potch, it means that you're disciplined too. It means that you're not getting dumbass cautions and missing matches. It means that you're taking responsibility when shit goes off the rails. Like, I I was super disappointed with his press conference today, by the way. I thought that he, it was a clown show. You just watched the worst performance of the season and literally gave the Potter line, uh, the boys gave it all, I can't be disappointed. I'm fucking disappointed. <laughs> like a bunch of people are disappointed. Read the room, man. A little bit of discipline there would be tremendous. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why we're more fired up than, than he showed in that post-bench press conference. I, I thought, you know, after a match like that, it'd be a hairdryer of a press conference. And, you know, none of the reporters were like tweeted out something outrageous. And I was like, wow, like we just accepted it. Cool. It's it's a process. As I said at the beginning, a different project. That's how Potch sums it all up. Obviously, we didn't do Dan of the match. We didn't win. Remember, this United team just lost one nothing to Newcastle. It's not like they're flying high, even though they somehow have like the best record statistically uh uh in the defense but you know whatever but dan we were not the biggest shock if anything this was two mid-table clubs <laughs> with blindfolds on in a boxing match um there were other interesting results from the premier league uh that have happened so far and correct me if i'm wrong there's one more round of matches on thursday yeah, there's Everton, Newcastle, and Tottenham, West Ham. Look, Luton scored as many goals by themselves in this match week as Chelsea and United did combined. So credit to the Hatters. Well done, even though that, you know, if they could have beat Arsenal, it would have been perfect, but it ended 4-3 to the Gunners. Wolves beat Burnley 1-0. Brighton came back and... Got it over, Brentford 2-1. Bournemouth, again, continuing to punch up. 
beats up on Crystal Palace 2 nothing. Fulham just absolutely working for us. It's basically, you know, I view it as just a a come good for the fact that Andre Santos hasn't played. Uh, 5 nothing to Fulham. Liverpool winning 2 nothing over Sheffield. No new manager bounce or even word of new manager bounce improving it. Uh, Aston Villa beating Man City, though, was the biggest result on the day. and Thoroughly deserved, credit. by the way. Credit they, to them. Uh, they were they have, massively better. They have played fantastic football all season. And, uh, yeah, there, there is still good football to watch, Nick. It just usually isn't uh, involving the Chelsea men's team. <laughs> <laughs> no one wearing blue, unfortunately. Um, yeah, tomorrow you have Everton, Newcastle, which should be a slugfest, and then Tottenham, West Ham, which is always uh, hilarious in its own way. I mean, look, the, you know, we, we've – it's been a different pod, guys. Like, we didn't really know what to do with this. I think we've constructed some some arguments for the future 40% into the season – uh, the table is is not looking good, <laughs> and and that is just the facts, Brandon. We are we're in a uh, disadvantageous position. Absolutely, uh, it's it's the situation as it stands. I mean, tenth place, nineteen points. We had a limp. United. They look. I think the player. I think I texted this to Dan Silves. It felt like the play United players were like offering up Ten Hag. They're like they're not really playing for him, but we just rolled over and gave them hope, and they didn't ask for it, but we gave it to them, and that was the biggest frustration too. So, anyways, they're at six on twenty-seven points. They shot up, right? We were three points away from them before this, so that's a six-point swing in the wrong direction. Um, like you said, we're uh, six points off eighth, right? Uh, eight points off sixth, not the situation we should be finding ourselves in. So we are, we are what, uh, 17 points off Arsenal. <laughs> they almost have double our points in first place. Our goal difference is down to two, by the way. So that is becoming an uncomfortable reality. Um, we're only ahead of Brentford on goals four. Yes. Because they also have a two goal differential in 11th. Fulham are underwater in 18 points and in 12th, but not good. I mean, you know, and you want to look at like your, your teams above you. Like it's not going to be easy to scrap past West Ham this season. It's not going to be able easy to scrap press. Brighton is, you know, will play better. Newcastle are obviously better than they've shown in seventh United are shit, but they're in sixth. They keep getting results. You expect the Spurs drop off. You expect City to play better. Villa are playing way above themselves. Maybe regress a little bit, but wouldn't bet on that. Liverpool and Arsenal are kind of the class of the league. And I don't know. Seems difficult to me. Yeah, look, everyone was always going to be fighting for that fourth spot, right? And whether it was Tottenham, United, Newcastle. But the fact that, you know, to your point, you have to grind past West Ham and Brighton just to be in the conversation... It, it shouldn't be this difficult. We have a super talented team, Pochettino, top manager. It's just the pieces aren't clicking. They're not coming together. So we got to travel away to Everton next to to turn on our fortunes. And again, we don't do it the easy way. So uh, maybe we'll surprise ourselves. Um, not a lot of rest, not a lot of time to recover to game plan. You know, they travel back Wednesday. They're going to do recovery Thursday. 
they're going to run through the game plan Friday, and that's about it. So the players just have to dig deep and turn it around. There's not a week of preparation. It's December. That is gone. So uh, anything else, Dan, that, that you want to get in before we wrap? One thing I would say is that, uh, look, football should hopefully not define all of your joy in life. So, uh, you know, go go find something. If, if Chelsea is not giving you good times at the moment, go find something to make you happy because uh, we've been the festive season. You know, this is a time for hanging out with friends and loved ones and, uh, you know, doing, doing stuff that brings you joy. And, uh, look, we'll always be here because, uh, you know, we we apparently hate ourselves at times being up at uh <laughs> you know getting close to 11 uh you know central time uh in the evening uh but you know we we get it done and uh we'll be here even if you need to take a break uh put yourself first nick well let's yeah. take let's take this uh extra day rest that we have that everton don't cuz they're playing newcastle on thursday and uh leverage it to our advantage somehow before the match on sunday Anyways, that's it. More content coming at you all week, right? Obviously, we get another preview. Uh, more Blue Royalty. There's there's stuff coming, so uh, make sure to stay plugged in. But until next time, Chess fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.